This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. It is the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. Welcome. So this week, what we do have is two of my students. Can you believe that? Two of my students that took a class that I teach. I asked students, hey, I'm very curious about what uh, your your experiences are now in the field. It's been a while since I've been in the field, and I, I know that I still am consulting and seeing people and seeing clients, but it's different when you're running the day-to-day operations, and I haven't done that in quite some time. So I was just going ahead and asking them, what is the state of the business right now? And uh, you wouldn't be surprised, but hey, guess what? <laughs> The conversation turned to COVID-19, and I let it go because, yeah, that's on my mind, too. And we just talked about, you know, truly, uh, first, what's your industry and and safety like, basically, on that one, and the struggles that you get. Then also, we wanted to make sure that I, I mentioned, if you were coming up in the field, you know, what... Would you suggest right now for those coming up in the field? And then we also talked about, you know, what does a say a good safety consultant look like to you? You know, what does a good safety consultant look like to you? So between those topics, you know, you guys should be able to get a nice little idea of, you know, some some thoughts. I know it's a small sample size. I know. But it is some thoughts. And then after this, I'm going to come back and tell you, like, some news. There's, like, something big that came out of this. Yeah, I'll give you a spoiler. It's, it's about the COVID talk. And uh, it got me thinking. And I got a special guest that's helping me out. But before that, let's go ahead and we're going to listen to our good friends, Brian and Lily. And we'll catch up at the end of this. Yeah, so my name is Brian. Right now, I'm in uh, business to business rental, uh, heavily focused on uh, construction industry and, and school. So we rent and lease buildings, containers, um, tanks, and so on to the various industries within those areas. Hmm. And do you have you identified any safety struggle that seems to kind of come on loop every once in a while? You'll see, oh, this thing is rearing its ugly head again. Is there anything like that in your industry? Well, you know, the, the challenge for us, uh, for a couple of our divisions, has been that the, the business of business rental, the assets that are low yield uh, volume assets, if you will, or high volume, but still low, low yield. And so um, it comes down to uh, high numbers of asset moves to, you know, equate to a decent amount of revenue, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's always a challenge to balance safety versus uh, productivity, but make it so that they they go hand in hand versus one or the other. Uh, someone else that came on, if you don't mind introducing yourself and tell me your industry. So what, what name do you like and then in your industry? 
fun name I like. <laughs> my name is Lily, and I okay. am uh, in the manufacturing industry. Oh, good. So the question initially that was asked was, uh, what's the number one struggle you think in your industry uh, when it comes to safety? What's that number one struggle you think? Well, are we talking pre-COVID or COVID? It seems like COVID is just all in everyone's mind right now. It's taking over everything. So. So COVID is definitely, or would it be COVID as in... I kind of know the answer, and this goes to both <laughs> you guys, uh, Brian and Lily, but um, I'm thinking COVID could be two ways. One would be how to comply with OSHA's rules, and then the other one is how to practically manage so you don't have a, a complete workforce that's everyone's sick. <laughs> so is that what we're talking there? Uh, yeah, there's just so everything, hiring being able to staff and keep staffing, um, you know, I won't get too much into that, but because of the the unemployment and, you know, the great resignation, as they're calling it, mm-hmm. um, but also just the PPE that kind of came with it now. A lot of our employees were not used to it and having to wear a mask now is actually interfering, interfering with the PPE, like their safety glasses, because now those are getting fogged. And, you know, so now we're having issues with just compliance with our everyday PPE we used to have yeah. um, people being distracted because there's so much going on you know whether it's for them at home or just uh, they see co-workers all of a sudden there's a co-worker that was next to them and now they're gone for two three days they start getting nervous like oh no and nobody said anything to me was I close contact they start making assumptions yeah um, so yeah I think on all aspects so it's, it's all same with you, Brian, as far as um, how COVID's affected your, your organization? Yes, uh, I would say that, so again, my, you know, my corporation is unique in the sense that we're kind of diverse in our operations. So in our, in our manufacturing facilities, production facilities, very much what Lily's experienced, absolutely. Um, and we're heavily reliant on um, hand and power tools and all those kinds of things that would require use of safety glasses anyway. Um, so the fogging up is a huge issue for us. I think more notable and more concern is the erosion of the safety culture in the sense that um, pre-COVID, um, you know, our crews of, you know, four, four guys per crew were doing much more intimate work close together, um, mm-hmm. you know, two-man teams. And yeah. there's always somebody looking out for each other um, versus now, you know, we have one guy per building. So they're doing a lot more independent, almost like lone worker, quote unquote, work, if you yeah. will, they're kind of by themselves. And so, um, you know, that's eroded some of the camaraderie. And then by default to some of the family feeling of looking out for your buddy just because you care about him. He's not just the guy in the next building. He's actually somebody you're going to sit down with and have this conversation with and have lunch with and everything else. Right. And so, um, that's a challenge. And then, you know, I think that's a concern because that's the future of safety. That's where safety is really the richness is and the success is the relationships and people having something in it beyond just themselves. Right. I think that's what makes it so strong. So that's a concern for the future. Yeah. Yeah. The camaraderie. I mean, even in us telling them, you guys have to social distance now. You know, you can't sit and have lunch together anymore. That's affecting 
how they come back and want to interact with each other. Um, but also training yep. for us, you know, it's a lot harder to train with the hands-on tools now, like you were saying, like, how do you from six feet away say, okay, hold it this way, <laughs> no, not that way. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah. difficult. And then also some people like to kind of really stare and watch what you're doing. If you're wearing glasses and, you know, something on your head and now a mask, I mean, we lose a lot of that. They yeah. are losing a lot of that. And physically, both of you are in California where you already had a, a standard specifically regarding um, airborne diseases. Mm-hmm. So you guys had a leg up on, on, on this than other people around the, the U.S. But have you noticed in any way has OSHA helped you or hurt you throughout this whole process? With COVID nineteen, has it has OSHA been? Uh, what's your your opinion on how OSHA? Are they been? listening? I'm just kidding. No, uh, they will eventually. Yes, they well, will be listening. Um, Cal OSHA, I not specific to the airborne only, but I mean with all of it. You know, we had the the um, the Cal OSHA the temporary guidance that came out. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden, but, you know, it came out and it just, it's like, here you go. And there's all these unanswered questions and all these ways to, you know, interpret things differently or that you possibly could have. And sometimes they overlap with, you know, a, a current um, something COVID related that we have maybe within uh, the county or maybe within the state. And sometimes they don't. Uh-huh. And if there is a law going on or, or OSHA would say, well, you have to follow this set of rules. And, you know, everybody has to wear masks at all times. But then the state would say or the county would say something like, no, there's if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to anymore. And so everybody would come into the workplace. They're confused because now they have the rules as an employee and as a worker, but also they have their rules that they're listening to as a citizen and and a a, California resident. So they're kind of like, well, 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 what do we do? And Uh yeah, that's fair enough. It made it more confusing. <laughs> yeah, I would echo that. I think um, you know our business has operations all over the country, and so I think some of the other states that don't have as you know a Cal OSHA entity, uh, things had been clearer. Yeah, I mean, there's still some confusion along the way just because things are nationally changing. But especially here in California, like Willie was saying, you're getting three different messages from three different angles, and they don't always align. And so sometimes I think that you know, as, as well intentioned as it is. Sometimes they should just maybe take the back seat and let somebody else drive um, in that respect. Um, uh-huh. More of a health issue for public health versus the workplace. But, you know, it's, it's a gray area. And so, again, well-intentioned, but I think it creates uh, confusion, like Lily said. So I'd echo her struggle. Yeah, yeah. A question I, I also wanted to ask was, if you are starting safety right now, uh, what do you think of as far as, and I'll ask you two ways. One is if you're starting as a practitioner in safety and health, one of the, the boots in the ground type of safety officers, what do you think is, is knowledge that you should pass on to them right now? The boots in the ground officer, what, what is important to them? I'll, I'll start with you, Lily, on this one. So what, what do you think is important to, to teach the new guy? As a practitioner, so if I'm, I'm kind of... Hmm. Today. Well, I, I, th- I think it's really important still for safety. It's like before you even get into the rules and the regulations and explaining everything, I think it's really important to 
you know, build that rapport with the people. Let them know who you are. You're not just an enforcer coming in full force and I'm going to catch you everything you're doing wrong. And, you know, kind of get to know people on a personal level a little bit because I always feel like that that time you have in the very beginning at a new job, you're never going to get it again. When are you ever going to have, you know, a week to just go around and meet people and get to know who they are and what they're like? It's never going to because then once you're in it, you're in it. So I think that's really important because then you build that relationship and people are more receptive to you. So, you know, and so are you to them. You're not going to come up and be like, pull your mask up and hurry up and put your safety glasses on. You kind of can explain to them or or you have that relationship where they understand that you're looking out for their safety and they should be looking out for their safety too. Um, So I think that's really important before anything else, safety goes into it, building that foundation. Yeah, get a good solid foundation where people could trust you. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Ryan, what do you think? What, what would you mentor or teach the new person coming in? I would, uh, I would again say it's, it's any success you're going to have in safety is really going to be based on relationships because it's, it's a position of uh, influence without any <laughs> direct authority or control. So definitely take the time to get to know your audience, build their relationships so that um, – when you do speak to them, you can make it personal, whether it be, you know, something that's uh, from the heart, if, if they're the emotional type led person, or you can use something that's data driven if they're a number type of person, but you got to know them first. Um, and that takes, like Lily said, getting to know them as a person and an individual first, and that takes time to get on the floor. So, um, you know, in that, I would say, you know, stay very curious. Don't go in thinking you know better than everybody else and that you're going to make a bunch of changes to make things better. They hired you because they have a need, absolutely. Um, but for the most part, they've been operating probably okay, <laughs> and they're looking for you to help them get better. So be very curious and go in there very humble, learn, ask a lot of questions. Um, and obviously, I mean, if you do something egregious or, you know, horribly, you know, then change it. But otherwise, give it time, learn the people, learn the processes, uh, learn the culture, and then and then have at it. I think you have a lot more success. Yeah. Okay. I think that's huge that remembering to come in humble because, you know, as a safety professional, whether you've just learned this whole course on a book or you have the years of experience, but you do know a lot and there's so much you want to share and throw out there. And this is why this, but you got to remember, like, especially depends what company you're coming in. A lot of people have probably been there for a long time, you know, so you can't come in and like, here's this big shot. They're, they're not going to take kindly to that whether you, on any level, you know, so you, you definitely want to be humble. So they get to know you. So you don't want to go there day one to lay down the law. You know, safety already looked at. I mean, okay, so from an employee's perspective, they're like, oh gosh, here they come again. They're going to catch me doing something. They're going to tell on me, you know, if you do it the wrong way. Like if you come in like that, like here I am, like here's my presence. And then once you go to the the, the, the higher ups, they're like, oh, okay, here comes an expense. What do they want now? You know, yeah. what do they want to buy now? What, what are they going to cost us? So that's why you got to do it the right way. You got to tell, you got to convince them that they want it. And you were just there to hear it. I have a lot of my audience members that are either considering being consultants or they are acting as consultants for their organization. Uh, So when you're thinking of a safety consultant, uh, what is a successful consultant look like to you guys? So when you're saying, all right, we, we had a great interaction with this consultant. They did this. What is that? So, Brian, I'll start with you this time since we literally got the last ones to start with. So, what do you think? Uh-huh. Well, I, I think one of the keys, 
uh, for a good consultant is there's going to be times where you do more and there's times where you do less. And I think you have to be able to gauge that as well so that you can um, be teaching them when to fish versus versus doing the fishing for them. And I think it depends where you're on that spectrum. But early on, you'll probably be doing more of the fishing for them, showing yeah. them how to get their hands dirty into the process. And then you kind of got to pull back and uh, let them throw the rod a couple of times. And yeah, they might miss you know, a couple of catches, but um, you're there to support them. And that's how they get better is by trying and learning and, you know, so watching you, then they try it and then you assess and repeat the cycle again. So. Mm, excellent. Lily, what do you think? Uh, what, what's a, what does it look like to be a good consultant to you? Well, I've worked with both good and bad. So <laughs> I think, okay. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I, I'm not a consultant always, but I, my role has become a lot easier once I started thinking, okay, let me pretend I'm a consultant. And I think that's because what you do as a consultant, what your job is, it's not to force something on your client, but to tell them their options and why these are the, the best options and then kind of let them choose, right? Because you, you have to present the idea or your information with as much information as you can to them. And again, knowing your audience, are, the, are they quick and direct and to the point? Do, do they want graphs and, and numbers and hurry up and give it to them? Or, you know, do they want to go out to lunch or dinner and, and talk? And, um, you know, so I think that makes a difference, but also not going into it with as a approaching it, like with a cookie cutter program, um, you want definitely want to have like a template or a base, but then you have to switch it up depending on who your client is and what their business is, you know, get to know what their business is and what their um, kind of their goals are and how they, their internal culture is. Um, and also knowing that you guys are on the same team, believe it or not, we've had consultants come out and start taking pictures. And I'm like, for a second, I'm like, is this an OSHA inspection? What is this? Like they were, they were hiding the pictures. And wow. I think, I think in the end, cause they made it, they wanted to make it seem like, look at this great thing I put for you or, you know, to the higher ups, but it's like, we're walking this floor with you. Like you could have easily in this moment said, I'm going to take a picture of this and this is why, and here's how I recommend you fix it. You know? So I think that makes a big difference too. like be everyone's kind of, you're a consultant to everybody, whoever's walking you through it and the higher up, the ones that hired you, not just the higher ups, because very likely you're going to work with, you know, different people on different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I lost my last one. Oh, yeah. oh you, uh, this is this one too. Okay, so if you don't know something and they ask in the, it's on the spot or you just can't remember exactly, kind of just say, okay, you know, that's a great question. I, I'm going to get back to you because um, we've also had false informations come to us from consultants because they, they kind of feel like they're just on the spot and, oh my gosh, like this is my first time out here. I don't want to lose them. Them thinking I don't know my stuff. So let me just throw whatever out there. That ends up being worse. You know, because because you're the professional, we have to trust you. We have to, so yeah. it's always better. I always appreciate better when they say, "Yeah, I can't recall or I can't remember." Let me get back to you, and of course, following up. <laughs> yeah, let me get back to you, and it's like a month later, two Bridget. months later. <laughs> yeah, what I always do with with guests is, if you do want to plug or anything, <laughs> personal or not, then here's your opportunity. Uh, and then also, if there's any uh, final thoughts that you may want to have uh, with any of the discussions or anything regarding safety, then uh, go ahead and, and, and let us go. So I'll, I'll Lily, I'll, I'll let Lily, uh, ladies go first on this one. Thanks. So, no plugs for me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think safety is a great 
career to start and take off. And it's, I've been in it now for eight, nine years, maybe. Um, and, you know, it's really, it's just, it keeps you on your toes. It's interesting. It's, it's constantly changing, especially in California. And you really just get to come into it and share your knowledge that you know on different levels, but also, um, you know, you, you could be a change in, in people's lives. You could be the one that kind of really hits home to a group and, and helps them actually understand why they, they personally want to be safe. And, you know, then you don't have to have a child at home whose father can't pick them up anymore because they hurt their back. Yeah. Or somebody who, you know, can't play their special sport or, or an instrument because they didn't have the, the right guidance. It's, it's a big deal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually really um, good. Good thought in there as well. That's uh, very good, Brian. What do you think? Any any um, parting thoughts or, or anything that you may want to share? Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, safety is not always the the easiest job. You don't always go home uh, on Friday thinking oh, it was the best week ever, right? And so I think it's important that. Um, Folks in safety, as in any walk of life, really, but especially in safety, um, you take time for yourself and you really keep in mind that uh, you can do everything right, you can do everything perfect, and people can still get hurt. And um, so don't lose sight of that. Remember why you got in this job and this line of work in the first place um, so that you don't get deflated by those you know, those instances because you might miss the chance to help the next person. And so, um, you said, then now start taking care of yourself first. You have that balance. And without that, I mean, you're not good to anybody. So, uh, starts with you, right? Doesn't it always? Man yeah, America, always. Right? That's right. <laughs> Gotta make that change. <laughs> right. That's great. So. Thank you guys so much for being part of the show. It's just like awesome. I'll have lots cool. of fun. And Thank you. Let us yep. know. Yes, Bye, guys. Yes. All right. <laughs> See you. Bye, Sheldon. Bye, Lily. This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome back, gang. So wasn't that like really cool? I, I did enjoy. Thank you, Brian and Lily, for staying after class a little bit longer and doing a podcast episode with me. And I really got a good understanding of what the struggle is like. And the struggle is real for those safety officers out there. It is. And I feel it. I do feel it, man. And what came about this in my brain, especially when, you know, naturally the struggle veered towards COVID-19 is, man, why are we failing this thing in the safety community like almost everyone else in general? So I honestly got to thinking, everyone knows how political in the U.S. we've got with vaccines, and I believe I'm seeing it in pockets throughout the world, right? So, mandating vaccines versus not in a workplace, and uh, what are we going to do with, you know, mask versus no mask? So, I got a little help from my buddy, Jay Allen. So, as soon as I got done with talking to Lily and Brian, I was like, I'm going to get a hold of Jay. 
and I did. I really did. I can can do it. We started talking. He got my mind thinking on a higher level with this conversation, and even gave me a challenge uh, where we could do some sort of open discussion between the two sides. The vaxxers versus the anti-vaxxers. The maskers versus the anti-maskers. But both be in safety with the ground rules that let's identify our hazards, listen to identify our controls, and then let's see what we need to do in these situations, identifying our hazards and our control, where then we could protect our workers. So that will be an open discussion. I'm going to see if I could get the representatives on both ends and broker some peace talks here so that we could start doing right by the community. Get everybody on the right page. Everyone as a safety and health community dealing with the biggest pandemic of our generation, of our timing. And so we got to do it together, right? So I just want to open the conversation and say, you know, forget where you feel you are and where that one feels this is. Let's do this thing together. Let's go ahead and do this thing together. So that's the, the idea. The execution, because I did the interview. Aha, uh-huh, you guys. You took action, man. I took action. I did the interview. I got it. So what we're going to do is we're going to release this special episode, but it's going to be Wednesday. And Wednesday for you listening could be at any time, right? Because we're on a podcast. So let me be some more specific. Wednesday, October the 20th, 2021. You'll have the COVID-19 episode with me and Dr. J. Allen of Safety FM and the J. Allen Show, uh, where you would hear him lay down the gauntlet and say, hey, let's go ahead and see if we could broker a peace talk between the vaccinated and unvaccinated and everything else. And how can we better protect our workers during this COVID-19 time? So again, you're going to hear that. But the caveat is this. It is only going to be released on dystopia.com. D-I-S-C-T-O-P-I-A, dystopia.com. When you get there, sign up and look for my show, which is the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm making an exclusive episode, just that one. And it's going to be me and Dr. J. Allen will be talking about our thoughts with the COVID-19 and, and everything else related to uh, the vaccine, anti-vaccine and everything in the workplace and how are we addressing this as a community. And so that is going to be our thought there. So I just want to invite you guys to uh, come on out. Get over to disctopia.com, D-I-S-C-T-O-P-I-A, and you're going to look for my show, Safety Consultant with Sheldon Primus. Uh, Just favor that. Make sure you're going to be available to listen to that because it is only going to be available exclusively. Would that be exclusively? Yeah, should be. (laughs) On Dystopia. All right, so I'll see you guys Wednesday. So we got it. Go get them. This 
episode has been powered by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or broadcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed in the past hour are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast or broadcast may be reproduced, stored within a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast or broadcast, Sheldon Brymas.